Yo, what's up, everybody? It's Jamel Gibbs, your family-oriented entrepreneur. Welcome to another podcast episode. This is the Business and Investing Podcast, where you learn all things business and investing related. So today, we're going to talk about the importance of credit. Obviously, credit is important when it comes to real estate and making money when you know how to use it. Yes, we, we talk about uh, having no money, no credit in real estate. Yes, you can do it all day long, but you can get that much further when you have access to the money. You can get that much further when you have access to the credit. You can move that much faster when you have access to these things. So do not discount the fact that you're going to eventually run into in, uh, an issue if you don't have money or credit at the end of the day. This will help you speed up the process. It's going to help you get from where you are to where you want to go that much quicker. If you had no money or credit, you can absolutely do it. It's going to be that much harder. You're going to have to put more time into it. Look, I'm always 100% real with you, right? I don't want you to be misled by anything that you see online. I don't want you to be misled by anything you heard, right? The gurus is talking about 30 days. You know, you could, you know, get your first check. is absolutely possible. But for 99% of you, you're not going to close a deal in 30 days. This is a craft. You got to learn the skills. You got to learn what it takes. You can't compare yourself to everybody else, Right. And I'm not here to be negative about it. I'm here to be real with you so you can think long term. It's a long term business. It took me 13 months to get my first fifteen hundred dollar check. If I gave gave up in month eight, that forty eight thousand dollar check that came right after, I would have never materialized. it. I was still living in the projects at that time in Brooklyn. Right. So at the end of the day, I'm here to teach you what you need to know and give you real information that you can apply into your lives. So that you can help your family, help the, the legacy, help the generational wealth, uh, be able to create that financial freedom that, you know, be able to break those chains to be able to get from where you are to where you want to go. And credit is one of those things that, that can help you move that line that much quicker. So we're going to talk about if you have credit issues right now, uh, we'll talk about how to get some of those credit issues fixed, right? Credit repair is a real thing. We're going to talk about maybe the importance of having a decent credit score so you can get access to the money in order to be able to grow that much quicker, right? Some of these lenders, even hard money lenders, they they claim to be asset-based lenders, but they're looking at your credit score too, right? You don't have to have perfect credit, but they're going to be looking at your credit. Let's, Let's be real, right? And if they see that you're not credit worthy, even though the asset can be a good asset, you can have plenty of equity in a house, It could be a great deal, but your credit is going to play a factor in that. So if you don't want to invest in real estate the hard way, right, I think, you know, honestly, you could, you know, the no money, no credit thing is the hard way to approach real estate. It's it's an entry level way of approaching real estate, the beginner's way. I think that's how you learn the business. Though I I do think that um, that's how you learn how to grind. But. Once you advance and you want to take your business to the next level, yeah, you're going to need the credit. You're going to need the money to be able to do this. So let's talk about how to repair your credit today. Ty, is a, uh, he's a real estate investor, a virtual real estate investor. He's a credit repair guy. He's doing it all right now. And we're going to talk to him over the next you know, 30, 45 minutes or so. We're going to have him break down uh, what you can do in order, to, in order to be able to repair your situation if you have credit issues and be able to Get on that line to generational wealth as well. Tied a credit guy. Hey, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Thanks for inviting me on the show. And yeah, that's um very, very much true. 
um, you can do all the things you want to do in real estate without credit, but it makes it that much more easier when you have um, good or or superior credit, I would say. Um, That's right, man. That's right. So look, man, you know, I reached out to you about a week ago or so, and you immediately wanted to get on the line. I appreciate that, man. And, um, you know, I like the fact that, number one, you're from New York. Right. <laughs> we talk this right, language. Exactly. But number two, you're showing people how to repair credit, and ultimately that will lead them to be able to create that generation of wealth for themselves as well, man. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about All yourself? Right, so uh, me, uh, I'll be 35 this, this, no, I'll be 34 this month. Sorry, y'all. My bad. So, I'll be 34 this month. Uh, believe it or not, I had very terrible credit not too long ago. I would say about three and a half years ago, maybe four years ago, I had terrible credit. I had a foreclosure. Um, I just was in a real bad spot. Um, as you know, Jamel, like my son was sick. Uh, he passed um, a few months ago. But, you know, all those things combined. I'm sorry to hear that, yeah, man. I uh, appreciate that. But all those things combined made me um, start thinking a little further down the track, right? We can't, I can't continue to sit in a rut with bad credit. You know, once you have bad credit, you, your options are limited. You know what I'm saying? Your car mm-hmm. break down today, you have bad credit, you can't go and go, for, you, you don't got to finance a $50,000 car, but you go finance a $20,000 car and, and continue life and continue things to, to go on. Uh, it, it would be it would be horrible to have to go try to ask a parent or find a friend to co-sign. And then, you know, a lot of, uh, of our community, it's like credit is like taboo. I'm like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want no credit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's bad. I want to pay everything in cash when in all reality is that's not the way of the world. That's not life. Everybody kind of uses credit. Right. Yeah, you can't, can't leverage nothing. So you kind of, um, you need that. And, and even when you mentioned a $20,000 car, you're probably going to be paying... The same amount for the fifty right, anyway. Right. The interest, the interest is going to be have bad credit, right? So people, a lot of people are going in here, um, getting you know they they go for the fifty thousand dollar car, but technically, if you have bad credit, you go get a twenty thousand dollar car and your interest rate is in nineteen, twenty, thirty percent, you'll be paying seven hundred, eight hundred dollars a month for that car. Mm-hmm. Was, like that makes no mm-hmm. sense. If somebody driving around in an eighty thousand dollar car paying the same payment as you, but they got yep. a seven fifty. 750 score, mm-hmm. 800 credit score. So they, they, they're reaping the benefits the benefits of having good credit, you know? So um that's that's pretty much that's that's pretty much it when it comes down to understanding the importance of credit. If you if you wanna if you wanna take your life to the next level, you need to prioritize credit. Absolutely, man. So let's talk about how obviously you got started in credit repair. Um, because of your personal situation, what made you want to start a credit repair? Uh, uh, well, ultimately, it was to help people out and show them that there's a way, right? There's a there's, you have another way out. Like you're not just stuck in whatever situation you're in now, but you have to actually take it serious and be, um, you know, consistent. But excuse me, sorry. Right. Ultimately, me, it was to actually help other people out and let them see, and like the people around me, let them see that yo, dog, like. Y'all talking, y'all want to run businesses, y'all want to do X, Y, Z, and the third, but where y'all getting this money from? Like, I, like, I, I want to know, like, because who wants to risk their own money to do something? Like, that makes no sense. I'd rather risk the bank's money than than, than my own personal money. Personal money. Absolutely. I, and that's that's exactly what leverage is, man, at the end of the day. You know, leverage is, um, you know, when you have good credit and you have access to 
to these different banks, you can leverage their money to be able to make a profit, right. you know, and that's that's basically the way of the world, man. That's that's Everybody how you supposed Everybody. to do it. Everybody I know who who's worth anything, um, when it comes to making any kind of money, they prefer to use other people's money, private money, banks money, etc. That's how you build money and that's how you do it relatively quickly. So what type of mindset shift? Like you you, you talked about you talked about um you know, someone who wants to buy everything cash, but then they have no credit being built up. What type of mindset shift does it take to start using credit to be able to... So the mindset shift that I personally feel needs to um, be shifted is um, to understand credit is a tool, right? And it's not to be fair. You shouldn't be afraid of it. You understand? Uh, A lot of people that I feel that are afraid of credit, they have very uh, poor discipline, right? You feel that mm-hmm. I go get this ten thousand dollar credit card, I'm about to go just start buying everything I see in sight because it doesn't necessarily hit me right now. But when a statement comes in the month, you're like, Oh damn, I spent five thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, and your income doesn't match that. So now you find yourself in a situation where it's like, damn, how am I gonna pay this back? Or I can't really afford to pay this back. So the mindset shift needs to be that credit should only be used for the things that to, to make you money. So if, right. if I'm using it to start that business or to put money into a real estate deal or anything that it shouldn't be made to to go buy Louis Vuittons and Gucci and you know flex for your friends on social media. That's that's not what credit is for. Like um that's how a lot of even 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 you know, I'll even take it down to these vacations and you know, the couple type of thing you you trying to show off for Instagram and everybody on social media trying to show me, yeah, we go on vacation eight times a year. And you're like, that's fine. You live in life, but that's not what your credit card is for. You shouldn't be doing that or taking these, um, what's the affirm, the new affirm thing where they, you know, you pay for your flights and installments and things like that. Like stuff like that is like very super questionable. Like you, you shouldn't be using it for that. One of the things I saw from you recently, uh, you, you had a post, I believe it was on mm-hmm. Facebook. Um, it says something like, just because you have the car, that doesn't mean you can afford it. Something like yeah. that, right? And then you talked about having assets to be able to cover the car so you don't have to work. And that's exactly what I preach, man. That's what That was part of the reason I wanted to reach out to you because we, we talk the right. same language. You know, we, we have the same mindset same understanding man so how important is it to avoid using your credit to buy things that's going to cost you money versus using your credit to build up assets to be able to build real wealth oh, it's, it's extremely important because things get out of hand really quickly right mm-hmm. especially um a lot of people aren't a lot of people aren't used to like you know we do we we deal in real estate right so we're used to getting lump sums of money at you know every few months like we're used to getting 10 20 30 40 dollars checks right but imagine the average person who does not come across that type of money and they get approved mm-hmm. for a credit card for 10 20 thousand dollars that's like somebody just handed them twenty thousand dollars they never had that type of money so My you course. you have no idea how to manage that now you just feel i can just charge everything you're charging from food going out <laughs> clothes I did that right because what, what happened was, so I, right out of high school, I registered for Mega okay. Evers Community College, right? Because that was about the best school I could go to at that time. And as soon as I registered, I got all these credit card offers. And to me, that was free money. I was 19, 18, 19 years old. 
with credit. They shouldn't be offering 18 and 19 year olds, you know, five, six, seven hundred, two thousand dollar credit cards at that point. To me, that's just a bad time. But I destroyed my credit. So, I, you know, by the time I was 21, I had to start in real estate. I had to rebuild and uh, and, and, and do things a little differently. But, you know, again, purchasing the wrong things, you know, going out to eat. You know, I was trying to show up for the girls, all kinds of stuff, man. And it, it just, you know, it affected me for a couple of years because I had to rebuild my situation, man. So had I known about, you know, buying assets and all of that stuff back then, things would have been different. And that's part of the reason why we teach this stuff now. So even a young crowd, right? Somebody listening right now, they might be 18 years old. You know, we're kind of preventing them from making the same mistakes. (laughs) Right. We did that so you You don't don't have have to to go through Trust me. Don't do it. (laughs) You know? So so obviously using your credit to build assets is super important. But what what are some of the obstacles that people are going to face with a certain amount of money if they have decent credit right now or no credit and if they're looking to rebuild their credit what are the, what are the obstacles that you feel all like right so um the ops oh in the means do you mean in the means of repairing or getting yourself out of a bad credit situation? let's just say credit repair or all right. both well, i want to say so um if you're in a bad credit situation right now one thing i want to say is um stop listening to social media gurus um telling you that you can get your credit repaired and fixed in 30 days um, credit repair is a marathon. It is not a race, right? If you took 10 years, if you have 10 years worth of bad credit, you, it took you 10 years to get bad credit. You're not going to fix that in 30 days. Like it doesn't matter. That's and right. that's a part of the mindset as well. Like a lot of things that we see on social media, these people are telling you, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll clean, sweep your credit and clean your credit in 30 days, 60 days. When in all reality, that's, that's just not how it goes. Right. A lot of these people are doing things that are not ethical. Right. I don't. I don't promote anything mm-hmm. that's unethical. We're not filing fake police reports. We're not filing fake FTC reports. We're not filing fake. Um, uh, uh, we're not filing anything fake. We're not giving them anything fake. Um, credit repair is. You have rights as a consumer with the FCRA, right? You have rights as a consumer that you can legally fight the credit bureaus to remove negative and inaccurate information off of your credit, right? As a consumer, you have the right. Ultimately, people don't understand this or know this. As the consumer, you are the most powerful piece on the puzzle. You kind of control what goes on and what happens with your credit. Now, when we look into things, the average person may or may not know there are three major bureaus. Outside of those bureaus, there are probably like two, 3,000 um, secondary bureaus. These are the bureaus who kind of like hold information, hold your information. So they hold like your address, your employment, um, your driver's license, your driving records, like all this stuff is furnished from them to the to, to the mate the major three bureaus, which is um TransUnion, Equifax and Experian, right? These are the main people that though these are the people who the, the majority of the, the the world, well the majority of America knows, right? who um, furnishes our data and um, eventually gives us a, a score or reports the positive or negative information on our credit credit reports. So ultimately, if you're in a bad credit situation right now, you need to ultimately understand where you're at financially. Mm-hmm. You need to pull your credit and pull your credit from a reputable source because everybody is not the same. Um, I would say like, the people pulling from Credit Karma and things like that, you need to get you a paid credit monitor. Right? right. And if you can't... So what's some of them that you recommend? All right, so um, my 
top recommendation is um, Smart Credit. I actually, if anybody wants to go at the end of this, you can go to my Instagram page, mm -hmm. click on it. You get a, a trial, um, a seven-day free trial. You get the pull. It pulls all three bureaus. Secondly, after that, I recommend um, Identity IQ. It's similar to Smart Credit as well. You're going to get all three bureaus, and it's going to give you a detailed analysis of your report. It's going to show all three reports. It's going to show you everything in detail um, so that you can actually audit. Well, what we call it is, an, is, an, is a credit audit. You need to audit yourself, right? So what you want to do with this is you want to go into your credit. The first thing that we audit before we start attacking any collections, charge up, before we start attacking any of that, the first thing we want to go after is our personal information. So our personal information is your personal information is name, date of birth, previous addresses, previous employment. We want to make sure all that stuff is in 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 unison and accurate, right? Because a lot of the data and a lot of the negative information that we have on our credit is affected by our personal information at the top, very top of your credit report first, right? So once we clear that up, that starts making the, the dispute process so much easier. So usually when you pull this, at least when I usually pull people, you have about three different names. You have alias names. Like it's just a bunch of information there. You may have two birth dates. They may not have the, they may not have the right social. Like things may be wrong. They may have the wrong employment, wrong phone numbers. You mm -hmm. want to get all that stuff removed with a basic dispute letter mm -hmm. telling them this is what I want. This is what should be on here. Anything outside of this should be removed. That's just that's that should be the first thing that you should focus on. Clear that all up. So focus on focus on the personal information the first. Personal information. And that way that'll yeah. make everything else easier. And and I and I'm gonna attest to that. Just a couple of years ago, man, you know, I, I got I got I'm I'm in a pretty good situation, obviously, but um I checked my credit uh, a couple of years ago. They had wrong addresses right. on there. I had somebody that was out in Charlotte. I never lived in Charlotte a day in mm -hmm. my life. I'm out in uh, I'm an hour and a, hour and a half, an hour east of uh, Charlotte. Somebody out there was using my credit for Time Warner cable. Um, I had somebody else on my credit from Orange Street in Pennsylvania right. and Reading. I never lived on Orange Street before, so I had to clean all that stuff off my credit. That's also, that's you know also I mean? a super good key indicator to make sure that you haven't been defrauded. Because if you start seeing certain mm. stuff on there that really doesn't make sense, like, hmm, maybe maybe someone has my information and they're using it for other things such as cable, phones, things like that. They may even have credit lines out in your name that you don't know. Yeah. It's it's crazy, man. But um was able to catch that before it got right. any worse. You know, because it's scan you know, there's a there's a whole lot of uh people being defrauded. If I could be defrauded, then I know for sure, you know, other people can as well. And I'm pretty savvy when it comes to that stuff. So you know, there's always somebody out there trying to use your stuff. So get your credit clean first, right? Um, what what would you do? All next? right. So now once we once we get our personal information cleared up, so this is why I tell you that the um, social media gurus they tell you to get your stuff cleared in, in 30 days is kind of impossible because once we send that first round out and it comes back that they removed everything and they clear everything up, now. That's going to take about 30 days, right? So now it could be a little faster. Sometimes it's 10, 15 days, but usually is you got they got 30 days to correct information, right? Since the pandemic, they kind of have 45 days, but I don't know if they're I don't know if they're um continuing that now that the world is kind of like 
getting accustomed to living like this. But mm-hmm. essentially, it was 30 days. Now, after we do that, now we need to go down our credit report and see any inaccurate information or accounts that we do not recognize. Um, we need to check for any accounts that we do not recognize. That means any credit lines that are not yours, that you don't know of, or anything of that nature. Anything that you don't recognize. The next thing I would do is um, look for any accounts that are um, in collection status or charger status. I would look for any um, duplicate accounts because a lot of people have duplicate information. So one of the things about duplicate information is you're being dinged two times for the same debt. So that's like it's ruining your credit because now that $10,000 debt is showing twice. So now it looks like you owe twenty thousand dollars in negative. It's twenty thousand dollars worth of negative information. So you kind of you you need to dispute that. That's that's wrong. Like why would that be? <laughs> why 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 do I want to get dinged for information twice? Now the FCRA said states that um, all information has to be verifiable, verifiable and accurate, right? So that that's a that's a key indicator. That's not. How, how did you verify that? Who verified that? How is that accurate? How is this debt duplicated? How does that's inaccurate? Like you can't do that. Next, you're gonna look at your um, collections accounts. Um, co- collections accounts are when uh, the original creditor um, has um, given up on trying to collect from you per se. So if if I if you have a five thousand dollar credit card, you stop paying on it. We're probably 60, 90 days out. You haven't paid. They've given up on trying to collect this debt now, which means they they either sell the debt off to a collection agency. They sell the debt off to a collection agency, um, which means now when we break it, when we really break it down, you can dispute that with them because now they have to validate that debt. They have to validate right. the debt. So should you do you feel like you should pay? The collection agency. All right, so this is my take on it, right? It depends on where you're at in life and what you're trying to do. So if you got time, heck no. If you got time, heck no. Dispute them because sometimes it'll come off in the first round, right? It's going to take maybe 60, 90 days, but that first round, you're probably going to get them because by law, you never went in contract with them. So if... Mm -hmm. I owed Capital One, and then Capital One goes and sells my debt off to XYZ Collection Agency, right? A pen cent on a right. dollar, right? I never, went into, I never went into contract with you, sir. I don't owe you anything. I owe Capital One, but I don't owe you. So how are you putting this on my credit? Because I, don't, I never validate this debt for me. So would you pay Capital One, or um, would you just leave the debt? Well, let, I, would, I would never pay the debt collection agency, right? Unless... unless Time, unless time per, didn't permit me to fight them, right? And honestly, if if the if the Capital One, they if they sold the debt, it's probably not on the books anymore. So they don't even have the account. Yeah, so they're not it's, even going to. Yeah, it's not. It's money. not on the books. Once they once they did that, they wrote it off, right? So that's what that's what right. um. Am I saying it right? That's that's what a charge of is pretty much is on yeah. your credit report, right? A charge of is pretty much that the. Capital One still has to pay taxes because the government looks at that as uh, an asset still, right? So they they write it off as a charge off so that they can no longer be dinged for for, for your debt, pretty much, right? right. So um, that's what a charge off is, and that's to the original. That's to the original creditor. The original creditor would be Capital One. That's who originally lent you the money, mm-hmm. right? 
So once they sell that off, now when that collection agency has that, we I've never been in contract with ABC collection agency. So when I ask you to validate it, nine times out of the ten, they have no validation. Yeah, meaning, and when you say validate, that means your signature on um, the document. Validation means the signature on the document, a signed signature with not not even necessarily with them with their and with technically them not even really a sign um a signed signature makes it a valid contract either. That doesn't necessarily make it a valid contract. Because it has to, it has nothing to do right. with it the agency. Do, so, do with agency. so a lot of times what the collection agencies do, they'll send you the contract from Capital One. And then a lot of people get scared and freaked out like, oh my God, they done, they done sent me, they done sent me, they done sent me proof that this is my debt. When all the reality, that's not proof. Because their name's not on it. So I don't owe you any, that's great. Thanks for showing me that. Cool. But please, can you validate the debt between me and you that I owe you this debt? Right now, here's the deal. A lot, a lot of just for you guys listening. A lot of times, these credit uh, or collection agencies, what they'll do is they'll say we are working on behalf of, um, let's say Capital One. Right? When they do something like that, what would you do? Um, for one, <laughs> I'm still doing the same thing. Honestly, I'm still telling them, "Oh, that's cute. Um, could you please validate this debt, please? Because <laughs> you could you could say you're working for anyone." Um, but ultimately, like, uh, that's another thing. Like, um, when collection agencies call you and things of that nature, um, don't be afraid to pick up the phone because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very thin line between what they can do. I tell you, I can tell anybody right now, I get on the phone with a debt collector right now, and I, they can't hang up the phone on you. You can hang up, you can do whatever you want. They can't hang up the phone on you. Um, if they're calling you within certain times, I believe they can't call you before um, 8 a.m. and no later than after mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Yeah. Keep keep a record of it. If they call you after that or before that, keep a record of it because you can sue them. Each infraction is a thousand dollars. You can sue them. For that. And if they hang up the phone on you, what, what, what happens? Um, I believe I think I I don't think I just don't think that they can. I don't think permitted by law. I, I don't want to speak wrong, but I don't. I think you can. Mm-hmm. I think you can sue over that too. Or it's just something in the practice that they can't, their practice that they can't hang up the phone on you because they're calling you about a situation. Something like that. I don't want to misspeak on it because I know I'm not super clear on why they can't. Yeah, right. So I don't want to say something that's that's inaccurate when that comes to that. So so typically they'll obviously try to fight back because they have money involved in it. They bought the debt, et cetera, et cetera. So you just got to keep trying. What they want to do is catch... When usually when the collection agency calls somebody, the average person is scared. Like, oh, ruin my credit, da, 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 and drop my score, man. I need to pay them. But guess what? If you get on that phone with them people and you pay that debt, guess what they're gonna do? What's that? They're gonna mark it as paid, paid, right? But not paid as agreed, right? They're gonna still mark right, and that's gonna hurt the credit. It's going for one. It's gonna close the account, right? You're gonna close the account out, but it's still gonna keep. They're gonna still keep all those that late payment information on your credit. Mm-hmm. So. Now, if we're speaking in speed, when I mean by speed, when I tell people if you're moving with speed, if you're trying to get funding right now, that means you need to move with speed. If you're trying to go for a mortgage right now, because your mortgage, your loan officer is going to tell you, we can't give you this loan with this collection on it, or these late payments. We can't, we can't give you this loan because of this, right? So they may tell you, go pay that collection agency, or go pay them, just get it off. So that's what I mean by speed. If you need to... Pay for, pay, pay for deletion. That's exactly, but you need to make sure that you get that in writing from that collection agency. 
Because if you don't, right. and nine times out of ten, they'll take a fraction of it just to get you off of their right. books, and they will still they'll still right. delete. And that's, it. The, and that's the next part, the negotiation. If you if you're going to, you negotiate with them. Don't ever pay them what they're asking you for. Because the yeah. debt is already they they've already marked the debt as a loss. This collection agency bought it for cents on the dollar, so anything that they get is pretty much a profit to them, right? Mm-hmm. So if I owe them five hundred dollars, I'm calling and be like, "Hey, man, I got a hundred dollars for you." But <laughs> if if I send you this hundred dollars, I need this removed from my credit, and I need that in writing. Um, nine times out of ten, they're going to probably counter with you, be like, "Yeah, we could do two hundred. Boom! If you could do the two hundred, do it. Be like, but I need that in writing. I need that because what." Then happens is some of these collection agencies, they'll just naturally remove it. But some of them try to be sneaky, take your money and still not do it. So now I need it in writing so now that I can send that letter along with my dispute letter to the credit bureaus and let them know that this account needs to be removed from my credit, from my credit yeah. report. That's right, man. So you pay for deletion pay for right the- there. Now, what about what about using the FTC? I know a lot of people go straight to the, FT, the FTC rather than the bureaus to try to get stuff removed from right, so- credit. That so see, the FCC for me is similar to like the police reports, the police report stuff, right? Ah. Um, usually people file for FTC if, you know, you've been defrauded or something, something fraudulently happened, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, they're mm-hmm. like the government or police for that, you know, you know what I'm saying? But if something unfair, you feel is unfair is happening to you in the dispute process or with a, a creditor or, or, uh, um, or the cre- a creditor or the um, the credit bureaus, you can file a dispute with the mm-hmm. CFPB. Right. So the CFPB, Got they kind of, they're like the middleman. They they gonna knock on the door like, yo, this consumer here because that's the Consumer Financial Bureau of Protection, right? They're going they're going to fight for you over your rights. So you pretty much you can go there, you can fill out the information, tell them what happened, give them the company information. They're gonna contact that company. So I'll give you an example about um, something that recently happened to me. It's even on my page. Um, so I have an M&T bank card. I've never been late with this card. I've always paid them on time. Everything's been fine. Um, something happened. I don't know. I could, could not tell you what happened. But I looked at my, I got an alert. Boop, boop, boop. Late payment. M&T. Excuse me? I've never been late for anything. So I called them up, you know, just trying to handle things like, Business to business, normal people. Hey, listen, man, I've never been late. I don't know what happened with your guys, with you guys' system, whatever the case may be. So the customer service rep was not being receptive. Oh, well, you're late. It's just it is what it is because these people make money off of bad credit, right? Yeah. So yeah. they don't they don't they don't want you to have good credit. Um, so they they they, they want to make money off of that. So when they weren't receptive, I just filed a complaint with the CFPB, and yeah. literally mm-hmm. within two hours. Corporate at MT Bank, MT Bank was calling my phone like, "Oh, what's the problem? We're gonna try to settle this. We're gonna try to we're gonna get this situated and fixed because I've been a customer for so long. I've spent so much money. I paid my credit card balances. I done spent my max, paid it off. Spent my max, paid it off. I done spent so much money with you guys. Would you want to lose a customer? Would you want to lose a customer over a little discrepancy over a late right. payment? Like, would right. you want to do that? And then it also makes them look bad because now." I made a complaint with the CFPB, which that's public information. Now, people can go look at like, oh, yeah, this bank does little shady stuff, right? Or they just, they just don't want that 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 thing on their on, on their company's profile where somebody can look up any that's negative right. information about. They want they want their reputability to be top tier, right? 
Now, do you handle, do you handle, let's say, a loan or a credit card differently than you would handle, let's say, a mortgage if you were late on your mortgage? Or um, something like late that? on your mortgage and a credit card. Honestly, I would. Well, with that, I would your first your first point of contact is contacting the original creditor first, creditor before mm-hmm. you do anything, before you make any yep. disputes, before you do anything or escalate and go crazy on these people. You want to contact them first, right? Usually when they're not, if they're not receptive, you want to look for the CEO or whoever is in charge. You can find them on LinkedIn, online. You look for their email. Mm. You send them a nice email. Let them know the situation, whatever happened. Explain that, yo, I've been a valued customer for X amount of time. Now, if they're not receptive, then you got to try to escalate it further. You can also, you can dispute it with the bureaus too, because sometimes you could just dispute it, the late payment, and then sometimes they just correct it naturally. That's definitely good advice right there, man. what about just waiting seven years for it to drop off your credit? I mean, if you want to wait seven years, then you got to think about this. So a late payment can drop your score to 100 points. So if you're at 100, one mm-hmm. late payment drops you down to 600. So now say you max out your credit cards, it's going to drop you another 80 points. Now, you, now you're at a 520 when you just at a 700. That could happen in a month. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it's very, you have to be very, um, you have to treat, like some people, I check my credit every day. I think mm-hmm. that's a habit that people should get into. Check your credit area. Know what's going on with your credit status every single day. I know with companies, companies like Identity IQ, they only update well once a month or something yeah, like that. Um, the Smart Credit. Uh, smart Credit does a daily, like a daily thing, but they do the same thing. Like your main, your main profile updates every thirty days. But if something happens within gotcha. that thirty days, say you get an inquiry, yeah, it's going to notify you. But um, even your score fluctuating, it kind of lets you know that if your score drops, you want to kind of know why, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of you kind of want to know why, so it'll tell you like, oh, it'll say like uh, credit utilization is high. It'll tell you something like that. You'd be like, oh, okay, so that's why I dropped twenty points or thirty points or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So ultimately, that's what you would do. So um, now, when you say now, if we get into the types of accounts, right? If we want to get into that. I don't know if we want to still be on the dispute side. We want to talk about the dispute side or what we do. We could. Let's talk about the dispute side. Then we can talk about the different the, the, types. We're talking to the dispute side. Then we'll go into what you can do to actually raise your score and help you, right? Yeah. So, all right. So, naturally, with the dispute side now, so say if you have a collections account and we're disputing with them, what we want to do is we want to write a letter to the to the the collection agency to um. Either tell them, like, uh, this is not my account. I, I don't recommend really doing that. A lot of people preach that. I don't like that. I go straight to validate this account. I need you to validate this account, right? And I would say there's 10 places out there that you could get, but you could just write a regular letter. What you're going to do with this letter, you're going to put your information at the top, leave your social security off of it, just put your first name, your address, uh, your phone number you could possibly be reached, then you put their company name, their address, the date, and then to whom it may concern. And then you just put X, Y, S, come to my attention. This is just me going on the thread. It's come to my, after, come to my attention after looking at my credit report that you guys have account X, Y, Z reporting on my credit file. Uh, I would like to ask you if you can please validate this debt because to my knowledge, I do not own this debt. This is, this is, this is an assumed debt. Like this is not mine. Right, mm-hmm. so I would just send that to them. Um, for the collection agency, I would not sign it. You just type your name at the bottom. Don't sign it. 
because you don't want it shady. You don't want them ever to take your signature off of there, put it on shit. Right. Like you never want them today, and you never really trust them. So what you do with that, you send that over to them, send it certified, right? Some people like to send certified, some people don't. You can get things done without having it certified, but what you want to do is have a paper trail of when you send it and when they receive it. Because the clock starts mm-hmm. as soon as they get it. So if they get it on the 10th, they have 30 days to bring back that information. If it's not back in that 30 days, it has to be removed by law. That's law. You have to take this off. Um, so if I sent that on the 10th, I'm going to wait four days, and I'm going to send that same letter, but address it to whatever bureaus they're reporting to. Now, when I say whatever bureaus, is Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian, right? Everybody doesn't report to everything. Right, so you may have, a, uh, for example, this is not true, but say Amex, right? Say your Amex card may only report to TransUnion, but not to Equifax and TransUnion. So you will only send that letter to um, TransUnion. Equifax and um, um, Experian have no idea what you're talking about. They, they're not, they're not even reporting that card or that debt or that collection agency. They're not even reporting it, right? So do you find out in advance who they're reporting to, and then you right? So that's the thing about having identity IQ or smart credit, right? Because they're gonna you're gonna pull, gotcha. you're gonna pull, oh, yeah, so right? that's part of, yeah, right. right part of the audit, program. right? It's gonna show you's gonna be three rows. The three rows are gonna be each each bureau. They're gonna go. It's gonna go straight down. It's gonna tell you now, if that row is empty. Mm-hmm. That means they're not reporting to that credit bureau, right? But if it has some information there, that means that particular collection agency, credit card, mortgage loan, order loan, they're reporting to that bureau, right? Right. So that's when you would send a dispute to that. You would after that you send the initial dispute to the collection agency. You wait four days, then you send that same letter to the um, to the credit bureaus. If it's all of them, you send the same letter to all of them. Now with the credit bureaus, you're going to send a, a valid identification and valid proof of address. That could be a bill, phone bill, credit card bill, whatever your driver's license. Along with that, now on there you put your social security number and you can sign that. Because that's to the credit bureau. Got you. And you, you re- rinse and repeat that same process for any type of dispute that you Pretty have. Uh, obviously, there's different types different of type accounts. Some, some. Yeah, sorry, definitely different type of accounts. There's, um, you know, you have your collections, your charge-offs. Um, right. And it's almost the same type of letter as well. From my yeah, it's similar. Just worded um, a little bit differently. You're kind of addressing, yeah. You're yeah, addressing exactly. what you're going after. Right. And 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 basically just be consistent with the sending. Well, part. this is how it goes. This is it's consistent with the with the sending, but you kind of that's this is why we never I never encourage um disputing online because there's really no paper trail. Like you, there is, but it isn't. Now, if I send something certified, they're gonna send me a a a, 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 a slip back in the mail telling me that they got it. So now, if this thirty days go by, I have heard no word from. The collection agency and I have have heard no word from the um the credit bureaus. Now I will send a no response letter to the credit bureaus or informing the credit bureaus that this collection agency had their thirty days to do their due diligence and they did not. So why is it still on my credit report? It means you are in violation of FCRA law now. Once you start speaking like that, you're gonna put you know you're gonna you're gonna shake some trees because now. They don't want to be sued now. Because check this out. Right. Now that they, that they did not validate that, so each line item, right? So say, I think there's like 14, 15 lines on 
a, a particular uh, account, right? Given all this information, mm-hmm. meaning that they didn't validate that makes that information inaccurate information that they're reporting. You can sue for each line item, which is a thousand dollars each line. So wow. they can owe you fourteen thousand dollars for doing so, right? So once you start speaking like that, they'll be like, "Yeah, you know what? We're gonna remove this right now." And then now that you got your paper trail, they be like, "Oh well, we never received it." Yes, you did, because it says here, and you got the paper trail. It you says got here, the and it's certified mail that X Y Z received it, and you know. But ultimately, what people don't understand, see now the 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 collection agency probably somebody sitting in the office reading your letter, right? But with the, the credit bureaus, that's not the case. There's a computer reading your letter. It's E-Oscar, E-Oscar ah. reading your um your letters, right? So E-Oscar, a lot of times, why a lot of people's disputes don't get seen right away or or dis- handled properly is because the E-Oscar system is not recognizing anything, right? Um, a lot of people just send disputes sometimes and they just say, yeah, this is inaccurate information. And they don't. You don't tell them what to do. Like, all right, it's inaccurate. What, what, what do you want us to do with it? Like, so they're not gonna do anything because they don't know what to do. We just know it's ina- inaccurate. So you have to be very clear on what you want them to do. This is inaccurate, inaccurate information. I want it removed immediately. You're in violation of my SCR, my FCRA rights. I will, I will, I will. If this is not removed in the next thirty days, I will, I will pursue legal action. But this could take a couple. This could take a couple rounds, right? This could take a couple rounds. This man that so before you get to 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 suing people, right, and going forth about that, you got to send a couple rounds. Like you got to send the first round, no no response. Second round, no response. Third round, no response. And then about time the fourth round, now you're sending the letter to for litigation, right? Now 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 we're about to go to litigation because clearly I know this is wrong. They didn't respond. You guys are still keeping this inaccurate information on. So now I want to sue you now because clearly you're not taking me serious seriously. But a lot of reasons why I say never to really use templates because a lot of templates get picked up by eOscar and they just push it to the side. Like, yeah, whatever. Push it to the uh, side. Got sometimes you. it's even better to send your letter, send it in red writing or something like that because that will force a manual read. It will force so at the end of the day, you, you got, these are more for disputes on, let's say, collection accounts, accounts that aren't with the company anymore. What oh. about the... The 30 days. 30 All right. So this like is a, what I have a lot of, uh, what I see a lot of people, they come to me with um, their accounts. They have a lot of late payments. So now if you got, mm-hmm. if you're riddled with late payments, my only advice that I give to any and everyone is we need to remove this whole account. Because mm-hmm. you cannot come to me with 30 late payments thinking that we're going to clear 30 late payments up. It's possible. There's tactics that you can use to do it that I'm not going to do, but you can do it. But if you come to me with 30 late payments, we have to, we have to get this whole account removed, which means we have to start attacking the different line items. Now we have to. So that's, that's an extreme amount. Obviously. What if somebody has, let's say, I don't know, two or three, 30 days. Two two or three, right now, what we want to do is factor in how old is this account? So now if this account is a year old, we can try to get those off, but if not, my next rec- if we could try to dispute and get those off, but outside of that, my next suggestion would be we're going to probably have to need to remove this account. But now if this account is 15 years old and you got three late payments, say, 
you know, spread out over the last two years, I would I would encourage you to keep it. Because the positive, you have 15 years worth of positive history and just a smidgen of negative history. Now, if you remove that account, you're going to remove 15 years of history from your credit, which is going to tank you. It's going to drop and you're going to lose 15 years. Right. Because ultimately, you're, all your credit accounts are averaged out into an overall time. So you average right. from your newest account all the way down to your lowest account, and then they average it out to what your overall credit age is. So you can have accounts, you can have accounts from year one all of the year twenty, but in the mix, whatever that is, say it averages out to six and a half years. That would be your credit age. Mm-hmm. Even though your oldest card is twenty years, your credit age is six and a half semi years. Got you. So I don't. It, it, it doesn't make sense to try to remove a thirty year age. Just keep the. Um, I mean, if you have one. I would just shoot and try to just say, I would shoot a dispute and say, I wasn't late this time. There must be a misconstrued. Or I would call up and be like, hey, listen, man, I've never been late. Could I double up payments? Could I send you two payments to remove that late payment? You just got to try to find ways. Talk. A lot of things that people don't understand is you can just talk to these people. They're, some of them, are just, they're just regular people. You can just talk to them and they'll, they'll figure something out with you. A lot of people don't know That's right, when you're late on your phone bill, you can call them too and tell them, listen, man, I can't afford, I need you to remove that late payment. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that when you go to the bank and you have overdraft fees and you do all this, you can call the bank and be like, hey, listen, I, I'm not paying those overdraft fees. They're going to remove them. Mm-hmm. Not As long as you're not consistently doing it, they're going to remove them. They're like, all right, cool. You know, you've been a value customer. They don't want you to be in the sense of, oh, I feel like you're doing something funny. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, overdraft fees are illegal, but I don't want to get into that. It throws off. <laughs> well, you said overdraft fees. Overdraft are fees are illegal. They're they're, they're technically, illegal. yeah, they're technically illegal. So they're not even. Uh, wow, man. Let's talk about that. It, it is. It's by, by, <laughs> I just learned something. Right, I'm telling you, overdraft fees. Overdraft fees are illegal. They're not supposed to charge you. How are you charging me for money that I, that I don't even have? That doesn't make sense. You can just decline mm-hmm. the transaction. Mm-hmm. Why are you pushing the trend? You you want to. You want to charge three dollars and charge me forty dollars? That that wow. makes no sense. That's illegal, bro. Like, how do you, how do you even do that when you can clearly just decline the transaction? You could just, oh, you don't have no money, decline. Like, why are you approving it to charge yeah. me forty dollars? So now when I call you and tell you I don't want, like, no, I'm not. I didn't agree to this. Like, how? Like, what? You could have just declined it. Why did you? I heard a lot about like. Banks like Wells Fargo doing stuff like that, man. Where they they charge excessive fees for. I'm not singling out Wells Fargo particularly. Yeah. I'm just saying I, I've heard through the grapevine that they do stuff like that, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's true or not. What do you um, think? I think they all do shady stuff. It's just all yeah. about who you are as a consumer. See, that's a consumer issue too. That's a consumer issue too. You can complain about it. You can complain mm-hmm. to the CFPB. They're charging me. Late fees. They're charging me excessive overdraft fees. They charging like you can talk about that because that you can't do like how you hit me with ten late. How you hit me with ten overdraft fees in one day? You don't now my account overdraft for four five hundred dollars. Like what? I didn't have any money. How do you expect me to give you five hundred dollars now when I didn't even have it? You could have just declined the transaction. It makes right. no sense. Why? They charge you for declining the transaction too. Um, I, I never dealt with no bank that did that. I would hope not. That would be. No, I don't know. I, I, that would I, I be crazy. Know, <laughs> that is that crazy. crazy. That is crazy. So, what about these changing laws, man? There's a lot of changing laws in regards to credit. How does that affect somebody who, like, is it in some? Is it in the consumer's favor, or is it in the? 
uh, is it kind of I a think mutual thing? I think it's kind of um kind of mute. Uh, I think it's kind of like balancing out. But the consumer will always be on top. It, it would all they they they're always going to be in in the interest of the consumer because they don't want the consumer to get cheated, right? Because you got to think about we're dealing with these right, right. powerful corporations that can hire lawyer on um, legal teams and do all types of you know and just do have their way with you at some point, right? Um, like the, the law about the medical debt, that's super good. Even though medical debt was already in violation of FCRA law because it's in, it's in violation of, of HIPAA. You cannot put my medical information on my credit report or say that I owe a debt off of a, off of a medical. Um, so I go into the hospital. I don't pay the hospital. Y'all put that on my credit report. That is, that is in right. violation of HIPAA law. You are putting my right. medical information and my medical privacy on... That's public information. You put it on my credit report. Now you made that information public. You can't do right. that. Man, that makes sense, man. So so basically medical debt is not even supposed to be on your not credit report. On your debt they put it on there anyway. Yeah, they'll do it. That's why they kind of put this law out. That's why that law was passed not too long ago that all medical debt is going to be removed from credit um, reports and XYZ in the third because they know that these medical places, not only that, think about you don't have insurance. You go in there, you break it. Oh, they 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 pull you. They man, look, they they pull a they pull a fast one right. on people, man. They try to they try to right. get you. So now you got you owe the hospital twenty thousand dollars, but you need your arm fixed. Now it's on, now it's on your credit. Now your credit's ruined. Now you can't even you can't do nothing yeah. now. Like what? Like what's going on? Yeah, it's like, crazy. It, it just makes no sense. It's crazy, man. So what are some of the things that people can do? to build positive credit in addition to, obviously this is going to help their credit, but what are some of the things that they need to do in order to keep a positive credit score? All right, positive credit, credit score, score you, what you want to do is um, always keep your utilization down low. Now, a lot of people say keep it under 30%, but I would not advise you to hover around 30%, right? Because if you're at 30% and you swipe your card one time and it goes over, now you're over 30%, now you're considered high utilization, right? Um, I would say a good spot is to be within 10%. Of your overall of your mm. overall allowed credit, which means all your cards put together, you should be you should be coasting at ten percent, right? Um, now, when you're trying to build credit, say you're trying to go for funding or things of that nature, you should be within in between the one and three percent, right? So I don't know what those numbers equate to, depending on what you have. But if you had ten thousand, you should be what that's like three three hundred or three thousand or something like that three percent no three percent of ten thousand is what like three hundred or something like that yeah three hundred dollars that's where you should be at on your on your card now mm-hmm. for us like people who you know we want to use our credit to um to um like invest in real estate and do things like that which means we may have to max out our card at some point or we may be using a very large balance on our card now we'll get into something called a statement date. And a due date. They're two completely different things, right? And then when this comes into play of understanding how you can shift your your balances around to different cards so that it never reports to the credit bureau. So that your credit always looks strong. You always look strong on paper, right? But you can owe twenty thousand dollars, but you always look strong on paper. They never see that you owe twenty thousand dollars, right? So then that's what it gets into um like your lifestyle and what you like. So you have these cards that offer travel rewards, um, balance transfers, um, cash back. You have to kind of figure out what your lifestyle is it, what your lifestyle is when it comes to those type of things. 
Me, I'm a very big, I'm very big on balance transfer and travel points. I don't really care about cashback yeah. like that. Only card that I really see the benefit of cashback was the um, Apple card because you see you get it instantly. I go in the store, I swipe it, the cashback is like right there, like you see it instantly. So I was like, all right, it makes sense. Um, but what that is, so say now you have a due date that's this is just an example. Everybody's card is different, it's all different, right? So you have a due date that's the 14th, but you have a statement date that's the 12th. Right. So say on this card, you have a high utilization, say your limit is 10,000, you're at 9,000 on this card. But you have another card that has a $20,000 limit or even a $10,000 limit, let's say, for instance, right, who has a statement date that's a little further out. Maybe the statement date is the 20th. What you want to do is now take if that card allows you to balance transfer before the 12th. So you're going to balance tra transfer on around the 10th. Or maybe even the ninth, I would initiate the balance transfer over to the other card with the later statement date. Right? So now that's gonna pay. They're gonna pay that card off, switch the balance to the other card. And then now when that statement date comes, because the statement date is what reports to the credit bureaus, not your due date. Your due date is just the day that they want their money, but your statement date is the date that mm -hmm. goes to the credit bureaus. So if you're carrying a high utilization on that date, that is what's going to report to the to the credit bureaus. So if you can transfer that balance before that statement date over to the other card, now when they report, it's going to say zero. That card. Yep. And then right after that statement date, you can transfer it right back to that card if you want to. So when that next statement date comes, that card is going to report zero. So now the whole month went by, and it looks like I spent no money on any of my credit cards. Oh, I kept my utilization super low, but I still I owe nine thousand dollars. But they don't know that. They ain't none of their business. That's crazy, man. <laughs> and listen, this, but that is completely nothing illegal about that. I'm just moving a, yep. a, a balance to one card and moving it back, so that is not reporting to the bureau. So that my credit always looks strong. I always look strong on paper. So now, if I need to go for funding and they look and they pull my credit. I'm I'm still at a 750. Still at a 760. Yeah. I'm not. I didn't drop 30, 40 points because I'm I'm operating at a high utilization, right? So what about for people that destroyed their credit before? Let's say they did, let's say they're on their third round of trying to repair their credit. Is it tougher for them to repair um, their credit than somebody that I'm just throwing it out there? Because I'm I'm there's all different types yeah. of people listening to this podcast yeah, right that, now. So I'm just trying to hit every right. End. So if you're a person who has Terrible credit right now. History of terrible credit. You fixed it before. You destroyed it again. You fixed it. You destroyed what it you again. What you need to do. Is it harder for them? Um, no, it's not harder. Like I said, it's, it's all the same playing field. It's just about your discipline now, right? And how mm -hmm. long are you willing to stick to this to get it to get it corrected, right? So what you want to do first is start, if you have negative credit, right? So let, let's do that. Why don't we provide that particular person with a step-by-step -step All right, process. so originally what we want to do is, we, what we want to see is this, right? Like I said, in the beginning, we want to audit ourselves. We want to audit our personal information, any accounts, anything that we see is wrong and inaccurate on our on our own credit profiles. Also, you guys who have like late payments, what, what a lot of people don't understand, like when you're looking at it, it's going to show you like, it's going to be uh, boxes showing all your payment is going to be like okay 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 and if you're late it's going to say late not late it's going to say like 30 days 
Then the next month, let's say 60 days, 90 days, 120 days, right? Now, what a lot of people don't understand is sometimes they say, okay, 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 60 days. Or okay, 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 90 days. That's inaccurate information. That's inaccurate. That's right. I have uh, an identity IQ. I watch identity IQ like a hawk myself, man. So, um, matter of fact, I'm going to make sure I link. Link the link these sites in the description box for you guys to be able to take advantage, and I'm gonna obviously link Ty's uh, information in the uh, description box for you guys as well to be able to reach out to him. But yeah, that was a good point right there. At, uh, okay, 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 sixty right. and ninety. You know that's that's wrong. I can't be late sixty days in one month like that. That makes no sense. Right. Like that's exactly. inaccurate. Like you can't do that. Either you got to correct that completely, or you got to remove the account completely. Uh, right. Completely, if that's what I want done. At that point, um, so you you want to go through each first. You want to correct your personal information, dispute that, make sure that's all corrected out. Make sure it's make sure you have one name, one address. I personally remove all previous addresses because I don't want any those previous addresses are connected to something. Just remove. Just remove. I would me personally. I'm not saying that everybody has a, a method to their madness, right? Me personally, I want it to be all unisync and insane. I remove, mm-hmm. so I remove all aliases. I remove all previous addresses. I only have one primary address on 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 my um, credit report. I remove if you have your middle initial reporting on there. I remove my middle initial as well. Right, this makes your disputing process easier. So now you clear all that up. Mm. Now you look at all all your um. Negative items, negative accounts, late payments, things of that nature. You see what you want to attack first. You right. attack your collections, um, your charge-offs. You attack all this stuff. I would, I would, I would not dispute. Technically, five. I would do not do more than five, five to six items on one letter. Because you write your one letter, you can itemize them out. Like, um, you put the account number. The, you, you want to separate them to keep. Them um, no, I mean, them- you can. But that's just going to be a lot more work for you, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that's not. It doesn't, doesn't really matter which way to go because if I put this dispute yeah. and I have five accounts on here that I want to dispute, they're all collections accounts. I'm going to just put. I'm going to itemize them: line one, one, two, three, four, five. Right? I'm going to put the company name, the account number, and what my complaint is about this, right? If not my overall heading, whatever it's saying, I, I, I came and I saw inaccurate information on my credit report after I pulled my report. Um, down below, I'm going to um, reference the accounts that are inaccurate and need to be verified. And this is all going to the That's going to the credit bureaus. Yeah. Now, for So you don't send anything to the company? No, no, no. So if it's collections, you're going to send the letter to them first. But those are going to be individual letters. You're not going to itemize those with them. So if, it's, right. if you owe T-Mobile... $500, you're going to send T-Mobile a letter, a, a separate letter, certified. Then if you owe, say, RNG um, collection agency, you're going to send RNG a collection agency, stating the account number that you're referencing and stating, telling them to validate this account. Those are all going to be... So we're talking... Those are going to be... So with this, we're talking about a 30-day late. So um, this is what, this whatever you're disputing with them. Whatever you're... Okay, and that, and then what I mean, ever whatever you dispute means the so if you do know that this is your account and you know that you were late or you or you know that 
you just want to get rid of this account, you can start disputing the line items that are on the account. The open date, um, the status, because it could say close, open, um, I forgot, I think it's close or open or something, something like that. Certain accounts can't report a certain type of way. Um, but you got close, open, you could do that, you could do the 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 amount that they're saying that you owe. You know, they're saying that you owe them $700 when in fact you owe them $600. That's inaccurate. You can't tell me, like, how do I owe you that? Explain that to me. Sometimes the collection agency will add fees on top of it right. as well. So, like, how, so, so you would make that, that inaccurate. First of all, if it's a collection agency, I, I never did business with you. This is this this account is invalid anyway. This is invalid anyway. Right. But I never did business with you, so you have to remove this. And maybe yeah. some some of these collection agencies out here are really like tough. Like they hard to fight. Like you don't have to go through a couple disputes, couple of rounds with them. This is not like I said, it's a marathon. It's not something that you're gonna get done. In 30 days. This is not a 30-day thing. This may take you six months to a year to get done. Like it took me a year and like two months to get my credit where I wanted it to be. Right? Mm. Things were a lot easier then than they are now. But we're gonna because of the change in the laws and certain services that you had access to, right? Mm. Which we'll talk about in, in the part two build positive credit now. We'll talk about that next. So now for this person, what they would do, they would do that, and then they would dispute these people. They would dispute with these people. I recommend certified mail so that you keep keep um, a record of your disputes and when they got them so that when that 30 days pass, you can reach back out to them, send another letter if it hasn't been removed. That way, now you have a paper trail. So now if you need to, now if they're not doing what you need them to do, now you can file a dispute with the CFPB, explaining to them that, all, now you're going to get the CFPB all this information that you done sent to these people because you, you're going to give them the letters, right. the, the certified mail receipts. You're going to give them all. It's like, listen, they received all this stuff, and they're still reporting accurate stuff on my career bureau. They're violating my, 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 they're violating my rights. I've proven to them mm-hmm. countless times what they did wrong. Now, when you send in the letter, so say if it's, say now if you're disputing something late, like say if it's an example of how I just gave you that 60 days late, in one month, right? You can take a copy of your credit report that you're sending to the credit bureau, highlight it, <laughs> circle it, write this is what I'm talking about, right, on it, and send that along with your credit. Right. And yeah. send that with your credit. Um, send, that, send that with your dispute mm. letters too so they know exactly what you're talking about. This is inaccurate. I cannot be late 30 days. This is inaccurate. Can you please straighten this out? Could you please mark this as okay? Tell whatever you want to tell them. Tell you have to give them the instruction on what you want them to do because they are in violation at that point. This is wrong. You cannot do that. Um, so they're gonna what ultimately what they're gonna do? They're gonna reach out to what they're gonna do. I'm gonna tell you what what usually happens. They're gonna reach out to the original creditor. So say if it's Capital One and you're saying you wasn't late, they're gonna reach out to them. And they're like, well. This person is saying that you said that it was late 60 days in March, right? What's this about? So they might come back and say, all right, that was an um, a error on our, on our part. They may come back and just mark it okay. Like, all right, he wasn't late. But they might come back and say, he was late 30 days. Correct it. Yeah. So we're going to correct it. We're going right. to, all right, we said 60, we, my bad. We're going to correct it. So it was 30 days now. But that could cause a trickling effect for all the other ones. So you said I was late. So all right, if I was late 90 days in March, you got me marked as. So now it's going to cause a trickle effect for the rest of them. So now you got to correct all of that, man. Right? You just can't correct that one piece because 
And it's just going to create more work. So it's it's nine out of ten is just better for them just to market all okay, like whatever. Now okay. now we might be in some we might be in some mess now because we already did something wrong. So either one or two things gonna happen. Either we're gonna just remove this whole account, or we just gonna have to make these corrections. We ain't gonna get this one. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? I've seen I've seen people get stuff deleted from mm-hmm. their credit, but they still. Oh own yeah, the you debt. definitely do. A lot of people feel that just because it comes off my credit, I don't owe the debt. Yes, they can still sue you. They can still do that. All right, another thing for the, that same person too. The next thing uh, I almost forgot to even mention is this: you have to understand your statutes of limitation in each state that you're in. Each state has a different statute of limitation, right, on when a creditor can sue you. So what you don't want to do is, if you have, say, for instance, New York, I think we're at six years or something like that now. No, I think they knocked it down to three years now, as a matter of fact, in New York, right? Could be wrong. I'm sorry. It changes up a lot. So, say, for instance, in New York, I believe we're three years, right? So a debt collector or original credit has up to three years to sue you for any debt that you have out with them. So if you owe them $5,000 and you're at two and a half years and they have not proceeded to try to sue you yet, leave it alone. Do not dispute it. Do not send them any letters. Do not bother them. Because if you bother them, you're going to wake up a giant. They'll be like, oh, we forgot you owed us 5000 Guess what? Yeah, we're going to take you to court. Because now they're with you. This is, and this, is, this is not past the three years. It's not. This is if you're in within that three-year window. Every state is different. Right. So you have to look right. up your statute of limitations in your state. We forgot to sue you. Yeah, we forgot to, exactly. We forgot to sue you. Thank, thank you for reminding us. Right? Thank you for reminding me. I'm gonna. But after that, they, after they that, dead you're in dead the in the water. Technically, you can send it. You can send a letter to the um to the credit bureaus telling them that they're out of the statute of limitation and this needs to be removed from your credit. Report, right. Mm. So that's an easy way. Like a lot of people who got a lot of old debt, they just got old debt sitting around that's sitting on their credit that should have been removed a long time ago because it's, out, it's outside the statute of limitations. They can't even sue you for it now. So why is it still here? But yeah. and sometimes they, they 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 slap a lien on your house. That's only valid for a certain amount of time as well. You could get that removed, but they can always renew it. Right. You know. But also you know what I mean? people have to be very careful when these when these debt collectors call you. Don't be afraid to speak to them, but do not verify anything on the phone with them. You are being recorded at all times. Do not validate anything. Even if they call and ask you your name, do not validate it. You are calling me. You should know who it is. So how would you approach um, that? If there's any debt that you feel that I know, that, that I, if there's any assumption that I owe a debt to this company, please forward it to me in writing. I do not want any communication over a phone. Everything needs to be sent to me. So don't even, they say, am I speaking to Tom? I don't know who you're talking to. You call me. Ah. <laughs> oh, do you live at so and so address? Do you, do you live at so and so address? I don't know. You call me. I don't know you from a can of paint. Why am I verifying anything on the phone with you? I don't know who you are. What they're doing is recording you, and now they're going to start validating that debt. Because now, check, he said it's him. So this is him. Up, oh, check, this is his phone number. Check, this is his address. We're validating you. From the first point of contact, we're validating you. And these are just for the collection agencies. Obviously, if you have an open account with somebody, they yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, like, now, this is Capital One calling you, like, "Hey, you, you know, you missed your payment last month." Like, it's all right, all right, Capital One. My bad. I'm about to see you. Yeah. It's my, my bad. bad. <laughs> right? It's my bad. It's not. It's only for people that you don't know and you haven't done business with, especially. Uh, 
As soon as they get on the phone, they have to notify. They have to let you know that they're a, a, a collection agency, right? And they cannot, they cannot use like any government markings or any form of a, a peace officer, or they can't come as some sort of authority, a government official. They can't like even if they send you a letter and it has like government like logo or something on there. You can sue them for that. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that you know, especially these days, I think um, collection agencies are. Uh, starting to wind down a little bit. I, I could be wrong, but they just don't. You know, I, I don't know. I haven't had a collection issue. In my well, <laughs> but the, the whole point is, I think that they don't. They're not as aggressive as they. Nah, they are. They, they really are, think. man. They they are. You didn't even see them, the are? law. They just passed a law where they can start messaging you on Facebook and stuff. Wow. So think about how aggressive. Well, think about how aggressive that is. You just chilling and you get a message from a random person. Just talking to you, and be like, hey, yeah, you know, you owe us a debt. <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy. That's like, whoa, hold on. Like, you didn't even come yeah. to me as a company. Yeah. You just came to me as a regular person. Now you in an attempt to collect the debt, yada, yada, yada. And think about how much information you have out on the internet where people could use that to validate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, listen, guys, you know, this is all stuff that you got. Again, we spoke about this already in the beginning. This is all stuff that you need to be doing. I know. You know, a percentage of you are going to have some some of these things happening mm-hmm. to you right at the moment. Information is great, but action is what's going to take you to where you want to be. So you got to not only listen to what Ty is talking about, but you got to get out there and actually do this stuff, right? Don't be afraid to, or you can have him yeah. do it for you. You know what I mean? Now, Ty, if they wanted to reach out to you, how um, Right now, it? you would go to my Instagram page and, you know, click on, I believe it's a link or view more or something like that. And it should have something there for you mm-hmm. to book a consultation. And then you would schedule it. You know, it's like a calendar there. You would schedule a time slot and I would call you at that time slot. And at that point, we would, we would go through um, a pretty much an audit to even see if you need credit repair. Because a lot of people think they need credit repair and they don't. They just have no credit. Like you just have no credit. You don't need any repair. There's nothing wrong with your credit. You just don't have any credit. So at that point, I would advise you on steps to build, start building your credit up or how to add some positive accounts or positive things to your credit to actually start getting a foothold in, in, in the credit game. All right. So I'm going to link Ty's information in the description box. I mentioned that before. But let's let's talk a little bit about... Um, because I actually, I recently met somebody. It's the first time in my life. I'm 41 years old. First time in my life I've ever heard somebody say, I don't have any credit. And they really didn't have any credit. So what would you talk, What would you tell that person? To me, having no credit is better than having bad credit. But at the same time, because you start with a clean slate. So how would you, like, what, what would you tell that person um, in order to have them build it, start building All right, What you want to do is start establishing primary accounts on your um on your profile right so if you have no credit your best thing to do is go for a secure credit card so now how a credit a secure credit card works um you apply you send them a, a, a certain amount of money some of them are, some of them will let you send however much you want some of them automatically like say for instance capital one as soon as you apply they kind of give you like um a minimum, right? So say if you have no credit or your credit is like subpar, is you have no you have no negatives on there per se, right? They may be like, yo, send us forty nine dollars and we're gonna give you we're gonna issue a two hundred dollar secure credit card. Right? Mm-hmm. And what happens is you keep good standings with them for six months to a year and they turn that credit card into an unsecured credit card. Unsecured, at that yeah. point. 
I don't necessarily anybody that I deal with, I don't recommend doing like two hundred dollars. I kind of want you to do five hundred and above. I usually tell people like a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars on a secure credit card because you you want your D, you don't want your DTI to get crazy. Two hundred dollars, you swipe the card one time, you already going crazy. Like you already your utilization is already up extremely high just off the strength of that, right? Um, I wouldn't say go crazy with secure credit cards. I would say get two at most three. Really not two. Let me stick to one. Get two secure credit cards. I would say at most put $1,000 on each one of them, right? Um, You want to do that because you also want to make yourself competitive, right? Because you don't want to go, you don't want to have a bunch of $200, $300, $500 credit cards on your um, on your profile, and then when you try to go for some real financing or you want better limits, they're going to look at who's your highest limit. Yeah. If your highest limit is $500, they're going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to give you 10000 if your highest credit card is $500. Banks are competitive. They're competitive like that. They're going to look at stuff like that and see that. Right? Um, next, a lot of people like to, I'll mention it. I don't really care for it. Um, self, there's a website called Self. Um, you can get like they they give you like a secure uh, um is similar to a um a secure credit card but it's like a secure loan they put they pay them monthly to pay into a CD that they have for you and at the end of paying that they give you like the money back but it is it reports as an installment loan so what I want everybody to understand is things report differently and they hold they yield different results so. Mortgages, auto loans, and things of that nature are considered installment loans. Even a loan that you get from the bank, say you go to the bank, you take it out, 10000 that's considered an, an installment loan, right? So you have installment loans, and then you have revolving credit. Revolving credit is the biggest factor in building credit. It is what will impact your credit the most, month in and month out, because it's the credit that can be paid down and used again and paid down and used again. So if you, and that's why if your utilization is high, that is going to affect you. So if you have $20,000, if you have a 20, if overall you have $20,000 in revolving credit and you're maxed out on $20,000, your credit is going to tank. But if you have a $500,000 mortgage and you're paying that consistently, you're fine. It's not going to affect, it's not going to affect your credit score, right? But if you lay on that mortgage, mortgage is, is going to affect you for sure. You lay on that yeah. card, and, and it's going to affect you. Those could be pretty hard to get right. off too. Very hard to get off, right? So now your revolving credit are your credit cards, your lines of credit. These are things that every month they replenish, or per se, you can replenish them. So if you pay it down, you got the same twenty thousand to spend again this month. If you paid it off. Or you have, you know, to some certain extent of it to to use each and every month. So with self, as I was saying, you can get self, you can use it, but it's going to report as an installment loan. You do need a mix of credit. You don't want to just have a whole bunch of um, credit cards and never had an auto loan, mm -hmm. right? Because I think installment loans are a little easier to get as well. Right. To, to an extent. To an extent. If If you don't have credit, they can be hard. Because installment loans is consist of um, loans from the bank, your mortgages, 
um, your auto loans and things of that nature. Those are installment loans, which means they're kind of looking at your credit history to see if you can even afford mm -hmm. this type of loan and see if you can afford these terms and things of that nature. It's all underwriting stuff. I don't really know much about underwriting. I'm not an underwriter. Mm -hmm. But um, they look at that kind of stuff. and But they factor in that type of stuff. So they see that you've had good credit history and you manage your revolving credit for months and years on, on time. They're like, all right, your, your credit... You're responsible. In our eyes, you're financially responsible. What about like piggybacking? Off we can get into that too. So a lot of people, there's, there's a, there was a trend of this, probably still is a trend of trade lines is what people call them. You go to trade line brokers and things of that nature. I personally don't care for trade line brokers because you have a window to operate and get done what you need to do. So say you go to a trade line broker and they're like, yo, we'll add this trade line on to your credit for three months. So now you got three months to try to figure out whatever you want to do or bust a move or try to go get finance and da 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 da. And then it's like, boom, if you don't get whatever you need done in that three months, now you got to go back to them and either pay them again for the same trade line to keep it on or pay them an extra fee to keep that trade line going on for the next few months. What were they charging for? Stuff? Um, it can go. It can be anywhere as cheap as five hundred dollars all the way up to six thousand, seven thousand. I even seen like ten thousand. I never even heard of it. That's crazy. Right. So even like now, like that's that's an actual business. Like if you have good credit, good credit cards, you can broker out your your credit card to add people on there for a fee. Like so, say if you got twenty five thousand dollar credit card and you got over four and a half years, five years. That's considered, you know, a healthy account, right? I can add somebody on there and be like, yeah, I'm going to charge you $2,000 to add you onto my thing. And I'm going to keep you on there for six months. After six months, I'm going to drop you off. Now, mm -hmm. how that works is you never get the card. It just reports to your credit. So now what a lot of people misconstrue about piggybacking is you can't have bad credit and then start piggybacking. It does not work for you. It's not. It's not really going to take that much, that big of a of of an of an effect. It's not going to give you that the increase that you're looking for. Like if you think you're going to jump 100 points, 200 points, it's not going to happen, right? You may jump maybe 20, 30 points, but I don't really think two, three thousand dollars is worth 20, 30 points when you can secure a credit card and get the same results, right? It's going to pretty much give you the same type of. It's new credit. It's going to give you the same thing. Well, take that back. Right. It's new credit. It may give you. It's going to give you good results. But that age, you also get the age from those cars too, right? So if it's 20 years, you get, you're inheriting that 20 years of history to your credit as well. Um, the banking models kind of changed it once they see everybody start getting hip to that. So the authorized user thing doesn't really, it helps, but it doesn't help how it used to help back in the day. So for instance, my best, somebody, okay. yeah, yeah, I want to finish that. My best advice on it is if you have a relative, girlfriend, friend, a kind of strong girlfriend, boyfriend who has superior credit, they have good credit history, good credit cards, they're very responsible, I encourage you to ask them to add you on there. If you even have a parent who has very good credit, I encourage you to ask them to add you to their credit card because now, for one, you didn't have to pay no crazy fee to get added onto their credit card. And you could be on there indefinitely. Like, they're not going to be like, yeah, I'm about to take you off. Like, whatever, you had six months. You go offer to pay their bill for them. I mean, I mean ultimately, it, like it doesn't cost them anything. Because guess what? They're right. adding you, but you're never getting a card. So it's not like you're going to get a card and you're going to go right. max out the card. Like, you're never getting the card. The way, to me, the best way to do that is to say, look, you know, add me yeah. to the card. I'll pay the bill. And then, you know, um, I don't need the card. So, I mean, yeah, there's, 
his ways about it to, to coach people into it. But you got to think, usually yeah. people like yeah. that with really good credit like that, there's really no bill to pay. <laughs> they not even they not using their car. They're not maxing it out. There's nothing really. It's really nothing. Really, you just yeah. gotta kind of like tell them what it is. But what that entails helps you with now. When you're ready to go apply for credit, now say you got the twenty thousand dollar credit card on on your on your profile. Now, when you apply for something, the the, the bank is gonna see that he has a twenty thousand dollar credit card. Hold on, I want him to spend my twenty thousand. So give him twenty five thousand. We gonna give him twenty five thousand dollar credit card and give him a lower interest rate and see if he uses our card. Because now it's gonna become competitive. That's how these people get up to fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand, a hundred thousand in revolving credit cards you know what i'm saying so if you continuously do that and then once you get these credit cards you can every i encourage you to every three months ask for a credit limit increase because you don't got to keep applying for credit cards because you got to also understand you get an inquiry every time you get dinged right so if you get too many inquiries you start looking desperate to lenders they're like what's going on financially with you that you're trying to get all this you know all this credit or what's what's right. going on so you should kind of every six months you should be like applying for credit but in those six months if you're uh for the credit cards that you do have if you're asking for credit limit increases you might get them you might not they don't always give them to you sometimes they do like capital one is really hard to get credit limit increase they kind of want to do their own thing right should should you should you get inquiries removed um yes if they're um if they weren't authorized, inaccurate. If they weren't authorized by you, yes, I completely, I would completely um, get those removed. Especially like if you go to like some of these card, right? Most people, I'm gonna tell you right now, do not go to a car dealership and let them run your credit. They are oh going, to, goodness, they are going to run your credit to every lender in their region to try to get you a loan. They are not for you. They are not in the interest of you. You gotta understand these are salespeople. They're trying to get you a deal so that they can get paid. They don't care how much you have to pay for the deal, right? What you do is go to your credit union or your local bank and apply and try to get an auto loan through them, get a pre-approval through them, and then go to the dealership. That way you know how much you qualify for a car, what you can qualify for, and what the bank is willing to give you. So now when you when you go in there also, don't be gullible and just be like, hey, yeah, I got a pre-approval for $40,000, da, 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 da. No, you don't just go in there like that. What you do, you go there, you look at some cars, you kind of negotiate your prices and see what you want, and then if that price is right, they get everything out in writing, and you'll be like, all right, cool, we got this in writing, so I can get this car for 30000 You see you got a pre-approval for 40000 like, Well, I got a pre-approval for 40000 We got this in writing for thirty. So cool. Now we know we stand at this. Like, if you tell them you got proof of forty, they gonna try to milk. They want the whole. They gonna get you. They want. They want, they want the whole forty, right? <laughs> Pre-approval does not mean that you have to use the whole forty thousand. If you can pay for cheaper, right. why not? You know, you're gonna pay less. You're gonna, you know, everything's gonna be. It's gonna work out in a better fashion for you. Um, that's right. That's right. Um, next. Um, what I was saying too before. Um, uh, I wouldn't say before the pandemic, a little bit before that, it was a little bit easier because what people misconstrue is they feel that if I have bad credit, I can't start building up my credit score with bad credit, right? So I'll give you an example with myself. I had foreclosure, I had two child support cases on there that was reported negative. I had about three or three, I want to say three collections accounts on there. Um, 
before the pandemic started, we had um, like these merchants, merchant accounts that you could get completely legal, nothing illegal about them. Um, you go to the store, you spend a hundred dollars, they give you a credit line of five thousand, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars, right? Now there were multiple stores like this, so if you had a little bit of money, then you had a little extra thousand dollars thrown around, right? You go to these stores and open up five accounts, right? And before you know it, you'll have $50,000 worth of revolving credit in one month. So now you could have took your score from being in the low 500s to the mid 600s in a month. Because now your debt to income is so much higher now. Like, not, not your debt to income. Your debt to income is so much lower. Your utilization is so much, so much uh, lower now. Because now you have a revolving credit of 50000 but you're only using 500 so now they're looking like, yeah, he got negatives and stuff on there, but your score is still going up. So now you outweigh the negative with a bunch of positive. That's how credit works, too. If I could outweigh, if I could outweigh a lot of this negative with more positive, and now as I'm working on removing the negative, the positive is just going to shine so much brighter and my score is just going to start jumping. That's when people see these big jumps like 80s, 90s, 110, 120, because you already added all the positive. So now once you start removing those collections and stuff starts falling off, your score starts to jump drastically. It's like now you have no negative. Now you got so much positive that the negative doesn't even really matter at this point. Is it smart for somebody to delete all everything that's on their history except the positive stuff and then start all over? It de- again, it depends on where you're at. It depends, it depends on, on where you're at in your life, right? Sure. Because deleting everything is like starting all over. So you're going to be like a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really recommend it because everything doesn't necessarily need to be deleted, right? Some things, some things just need to be corrected. Like you need to get your utilization down. A lot of people have bad credit because their utilization is super high. They never had a late payment in their life, but they're like, "Why is my scores not? Why are my scores not going up?" Um, your utilization is in one hundred and twenty percent. Like your cars are maxed out. Like that's why your score is the way it is. You understand? So utilization is like the top, the top reason why people credit is bad like one of the top reasons that people have uh, think they have bad credit when they really don't i pull your report your utilization is at 120 percent. it's like you don't have no collections you have no judgments you have none of this stuff on your credit you never filed bankruptcy you don't have no foreclosures your utilization out the window if you pay all this debt off your credit is going to go up so the, the average person with bad credit that you work with when they're done What's their credit usually looking like score wise? Score score wise, I want to say, see, everybody's different because everybody everybody profile is different. So I can't say like, yeah, you work with me, you're gonna be at a because you got to understand, you got to add your. I totally understand that part. I'm just saying, like, what what's I guess the real question is, what's realistic for somebody to expect? For somebody to expect, see, that's I want to answer this question as 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 clear as possible. Your expectation should be to get all your negative items removed, right? And if you follow, Bingo. and if you follow what I'm telling you, what the problem is, a lot of people don't follow what you tell them to do because they listen to a whole bunch of noise and they try and try tricks. Um, if you follow what I'm telling you, you should be, <laughs> you should be mid, mid seven hundreds to low seven hundreds, right? You should be in that in that area because you got to understand what people don't understand is. Just because you remove negative things does not mean your score is going to go up. When you remove negative things, nine times out of ten, your score is going to drop. 
because you're removing the history with that. So if you yeah. even know that count is negative, it got 15 years worth of history. You remove it, you lose that 15 years of history, which means now when we go back to our square, our circle of your, your, how your credit respect, your, your credit is uh, calculated, you've got utilization, mixed use, uh, the, mixed use of the accounts, utilization, payment history, and I believe, um, I want to say your increase. Yeah, your increase. So that's five, right? So it's all broken down into a pie, right? So all that's a factor. So now if we go into your credit age, that the, 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 the section of your credit age, how we spoke where you have an account that's one-year-old and 20-year-old, those negative accounts are factored into that as well. So as you remove those, it changes your overall credit age now. So say you use removing those collections accounts that have been on your, your, your credit for six, seven years, that's going to change the average now. So say now your average credit was six and a half years, now you're down to three and a half years. So now you're looking like a newbie with credit because your overall, your overall is like three and a half years. You don't, you don't start looking really good until you're around that four and a half year, five year mark of credit. Then they like, all right, yeah, you're responsible. You didn't have credit for some time. We like to give you a lot of money now. Like we can give you higher limits. Not saying that you can't jump out the window and get a ten thousand dollar credit card off the gate. Everybody's different. Everybody's everybody profile. Everybody's everybody, situation everybody, is no, different. It's no. It's not a No one. Nobody's. Nobody's the same. Like you can have somebody who has a collection account that take you six months to get off. You got somebody with 10 that you could get off in two months. Everybody's different. Like everybody file is different. Everybody dispute time is different. Everybody dispute process is different. Right? So it's no one 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 size, one size fits all. It doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Not, not with credit. That's why I try to stress a lot with like how people say things on social media. It's not it's, it's so not like that. And I get a lot of man, I, I I try to do the same thing with the real estate, man. I'm trying to you know, you guys listening to this podcast, you know exactly what I'm like. If you listen to any of my podcasts, watch any of my videos, I'm 100% real with you. I'm not here to sell you fluff. I'm here to tell you what the truth is, what to expect, and ultimately help, help you have you think long term when you come into this business. Same thing with credit. You got to think long term. Uh, like Ty said earlier, you build 10 years of bad credit. Don't expect to fix it in, in, in 30 days. You know I mean? Not legally. Same thing with the real estate. Right, you you can't you you've been broke your whole life. Don't expect right. to be getting rich. It's not gonna happen. It ain't it's gonna happen. It took me. It took me what four months to get my to make fifteen thousand. Right, it's mm -hmm. it's gonna yeah, take time because you gotta learn time. different crafts. Like you gotta understand. You gotta learn That's how to right, market. Man. You gotta know how to. Then you gotta know how to. You gotta have people skills. You gotta know how to talk to people. <laughs> you gotta know how to. Um, mm -hmm. You gotta know how learn how to persuade. Everybody's situation is different. Everybody's level is different where they at in their in their life right now. So like I can't like you can't compare yourself to somebody if they got a check in thirty days. Maybe their communication skills is just better, right? Maybe they had they trust me. People have skills that they utilize in order to get these checks, right? Quicker. Sometimes people just don't have it. You might not have that same skill, so you got to expect. A longer time frame, right? Somebody's hustle might be different. Some people got to get the jab. Some people you know, just know how to talk. <laughs> get the jab. You know what I mean? I know I was, you know, before I got into real estate, I was on Wall Street and I knew how to talk to people before I came right. into the business. And it still took me 13 months to make that $1,500. You know what I mean? So, like, you got to really, you, you know, everybody's situation is different. And you just got to look at where you are and you got to 
be willing to work. That's it. If you're willing to put in the time, everything materializes right. over time. Time fixes everything. You just got to right. give it time. And that's and, it. Right? So this pretty... And you can't uh-huh. have... You can't be thinking about the money that you ain't getting. You can't think about that. Right. Exactly. You count the money before you hit the bank account. You just got to go through the motions. Same thing with credit. You can't think about the high credit limits and I can do this and I'm going to be able to do that before you even put in the work. Put the work in. It's all going going to pan out. And then when it hit you, it's going to pan out. Cool. Anything that comes too fast ain't right. <laughs> yeah, yo, I'm telling you, it's really true. It's really true. Like, if you if you can fix your credit in 30 days, and now you out here running around with fifty thousand, sixty, seventy thousand dollars worth of involving credit, you didn't build up to that. You don't know how to manage that now. Or you're gonna find yourself is in sixty thousand dollars worth of debt. That's what you're gonna do. That's right, man. Yo, so I mean, this has been a fantastic podcast, man. We own this thing for. 90 minutes already, 90 plus right. minutes already, and absolutely killing it. We could go on and on and on talking about this uh, information. I would love to have you back on another podcast, man. Maybe we could talk about uh, dig. I, I know we dug deep into the in, into challenging right. stuff, but maybe we could talk about build more on building positive credit on that side of things on a secondary podcast. If you guys want to see that, let me know in the comment section. Just say second podcast or just say build credit let's use that one build credit in the comment section if you want to if you want to have ty back and have him talk about some some ways to build more positive credit now we talked about you know piggybacking we talked about secure credit cards and things like that but maybe we could dig a little deeper into some of these if you guys want to see that once again leave a comment in the comment section that says build credit and uh, we'll have Ty back as soon as possible. But in the meantime, definitely check him out on his Instagram. I'm going to link that in the description box. All of the uh, resources that we discussed going to be in the description box below for you as well. Uh, make sure you check those out. Uh, in the meantime, Ty, uh, what books can our listeners tap into right now? Like, what are you reading? Or is there a particular book that you would recommend for them to get started with as far as our Oh, credit, credit repair? Um well, any, oh yeah, credit repair. Like I would, my ebook is um, it's finished. It's just not out for you to buy it yet. Kind of helps you, but it'll be up there soon. The link will be up there for you to read it. Gotcha. Um, I would look at. I'm gonna put a coming soon link in the description box for Tyler's book for you right. guys as well. I would, I would, I would, um, I would go after um books that are um personal development. Like I, I, I'm reading currently. I read. I think everybody should read like the um, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I think everybody should read that. I think everybody should read. Mm-hmm. The, that was the first book I ever read from right, cover right. to cover. Listen, man, listen, me too. As an adult, that was the first book I ever read. Yeah, me too. Um, I definitely um like the book. Um, what's what's it, what is it called? What is it? What, 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 yeah. Um, I said a four hour work week. I think everybody should read that. You should learn. How to, you should learn how to I delegate like tasks because everything we get in this mindset, I feel like we need to just be doing everything ourselves when. No reality. Mm-hmm. Grunt work, you should be paying for you to do grunt work, even if it's like little tasks that you should that you just all, mm-hmm. you know, make your life less stressful. Like you can pay somebody to make your life less stressful. You don't have to be a multi millionaire to right. actually get that type of stuff done. Um, outside of that, I'm reading, you know, more, uh, more like um, more social, social science type of books right currently, right now. Um, I'm like, okay. uh, one is um, uh, The Devil We Know. Um, devil we know, stuff like that. Um, just different things, right? I just I like to have my mind a little bit more. I like to be more in tune with things so I can analyze and see things for what they are. I'm very much that type of person. Got you. 
Um, I'm also very like I want to learn a skill and and I get into learning that skill. Um, compound compound nice. effect is not like a social book, but that's also a thing to teach you how to compound on your success. Mm-hmm. Compound with saving. Com- it, it just teaches you different different. Compound yeah. interest, but stuff like that, that also works with success too. The same thing how we how we mm-hmm. talking about credit repair. You have day one. Day one is gonna feel hard, but day ninety is gonna feel like a cakewalk. You don't know where you're gonna be at, at day ninety. Mm-hmm. Now you count compounding off of all that previous success. Now, as I said before, as you start building the positive, the positive credit, and you then start taking off that negative, it's gonna be a compound effect of success now because all that negative is going down. You're gonna just rise to the top because all the negative, all the negative weight is not holding you down anymore. The hardest part is always getting right. started, man. That's right. the hardest part in anything, right? That the hardest part in walking when you're a baby. The hardest part in walk and walking is learning how to crawl and, and taking that first step. You're gonna you're gonna fall, right? But you got to keep keep getting back up, and that's what we forget as adults. We forget to keep mm-hmm. getting back up. Like when we were kids, getting back up and falling again was common, right? But as an adult, you you scared to fall, right. and then you know you, you feel like when you get back up, you you scared to fall again, right? So. Um, you just got to take the first step. It's going to be hard, but guess what? Walking gets easier the more you do it. So you just got to oh, do it. Well, you know, you be yeah. running. That's right. It gets easier over time. You be riding bikes, be running on the treadmill, all of that stuff before you know it. So if you had to provide our listeners with some last words of advice, what would those, those words, words be? Um, live life um, fearless. Do what you need to do now um, for so that you can enjoy the things of um, later, right? Um, I was real losing my son. I've always knew that. Um, he very he spoke very big. He had a very he was way before his time. Like you would speak to this little kid and you'd be like, been here before. So he always told me to like live in the moment that we are now. Have fun now. Like do what you need to do now because what 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 what, what, what are we waiting for? You know what I'm saying? So you apply that to everything. Try to apply that to everything. In life that you do, stop sitting on the side like a crowd and you want a certain type of life. Go after that, do that. Don't just sit there waiting, and sit just, there waiting for somebody to hand it to you or like you know people like people like people who are motivated and go getters, right? Nobody yeah. likes the person that mm-hmm. just sits there and always down and kicking themselves for the situation that they probably put themselves in, right? So you got to get up and get to it. That's just it. Nobody's coming to save any of us. We all gotta, we all gotta be here. Everybody's mm-hmm. going through stuff, right? So you got to kind of like get up and do what you got to do and be on your job about about your business. It's, you know, it's not for everybody. Whether right. whether it's business, building your credit, fixes everything. In this world, there's workers and then there's people who the workers work for, right? And that's just it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. But don't complain about the situation that you're in when you have the consciousness and the ability to change that. Everybody does. That's right. Love it, man. Good stuff. Now, you, you, you mentioned a couple of things, man. Um, you, you know, you mentioned choices. People have, everybody has a choice, right? You can choose to do or not to do, and obviously that's going to affect where, where you end up, right? So everybody's choices lead them to the person that they are today, right? Uh, you mentioned your son. You know, your son, I think he recently turned 11. Yeah, he would have like been that. 11 then. Well, he he would be 11 now. Um, on June 30th was mm-hmm. his birthday that we just had for him. And he would have been right. 11 years old this year. And he had, it yeah, was he had a cancer. cancer. Your sarcoma is, um, he had it in the eye lobe. It started in the eye lobe. He's been battling mm-hmm. that since he was, um, 
since he was four. We found out when he was like four, like going in and out of like going into five. We kind of found out, and he just was like super, like you. If you saw this kid, you would never know, like what. Like he had he. We had to deal with so much hard things, where it just made like it's, it's easy. Like even with real estate, it's easy for me to get on the phone. Like what? Like my, like my I remember when his cancer came back for the second time. And he had to, they had to take his eye. And we were trying to keep it from him. And then, like, a few weeks before, we told him, he was like, oh, man, I already know. I know they was going to take my eye. He said, um, wow. he said, at least they're not taking my arm. At least they're not taking my leg. I can still run. I can still play my games. It's just an eye. It's just one eye. He always had that, always had oh, that perspective man. on everything. Like, it could always be worse. It could always I'm sure you learned a lot from him, man. Seriously. I definitely did. Yeah. I'm sorry for your for for the for those circumstances, man. But um, yeah, man, it was a pleasure having you, bro. And um, I'm looking forward to having you again. Make sure you leave a comment in the comment section. Everybody watching this, build credit, and that's what the next episode is gonna be about, uh, based on your right. feedback. Look, Todd, man, Todd, the credit guy has been a real pleasure to have you on this uh, podcast, man. Um, I'll, I picked up a, a few nuggets today. I know everybody else yeah, picked up so. some nuggets, but I definitely picked I up so. a few. They can feel and free, though. I'm over there taking right. notes, they man. Feel free to hit me. Listen, I'm not one of those people that don't answer the DMs. You know, if, I, if, I, if I'm allowed to and I'm, and I'm not busy doing something, I'll answer the DMs. I'll answer a question for you. Yeah. Just don't ask me a million questions where it's like, all right, now this is turning into a consultation. Like, you want to ask me, like, something simple, like, feel free to jump into the DMs, ask me a question. I'm an open book. I'm not one of those guys that's unreachable. Like I'm, like, I'm not that guy. I love it, man. That's why I reached out to you in the first place, because I'm the same exact way, man. So, like, I, you know, everybody who, if you DM me before, you know I respond mm -hmm. to my stuff. Um, as long as it's not turning into a long-winded right. conversation and I got the time to do it, right. I'm going to do it, right? But um, I reach out to people that are just like me, and... Um, that's why I had you on today's podcast, man. Real, authentic people actually doing what they say and not just talking about it and, and trying to sell you the story. Um, that's what we have on this podcast. This is the business and investing podcast. This is an action-oriented podcast, and we're here to help you go from where you are to where you want to be. So listen, guys, definitely reach out to Ty. Uh, let me know what else you want to see on this podcast as well, and we're going to see you guys in the next one. Peace.